Infirmary Media. Warning, the following program features content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. Greetings, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 75. Man, 75 episodes of the Bo Cephas Broadcast. Glad to be back in the basement with you for another week of shenanigans across the world wide web. Hard to believe we're 75 episodes in, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of thought this would be good for about 25 before I wasn't getting anybody uh, notable for a guest and just kind of hung it up. But man, I, uh, I've i lucked out here somehow. It's been a pretty good run and we're up to uh, 75, closing in on 100 now. What's well, another 25 episodes, right? Uh, regardless, thank you for all for, you know, sticking with the journey and uh, and enjoying the product we're putting out here. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and I think it uh, continues to grow, so I'm excited to see where this leads. Of course, the last week has been uh, quite crazy. A lot of headlines being made. Nike, of course, uh, launching a big ad campaign with Colin Kaepernick that's got everybody up in arms on uh, one side or the other of the argument. It's just, uh, I don't know. I really don't have a dog in the fight, and I don't know if that's a good thing to say or a bad thing to say, depending on which way you want to look at it. Uh, I'm going to be wrong any way I slice it, any stance I take on it. But uh, I will say the one good thing to come out of all of this are the memes. Uh, everybody's kind of taking this whole thing and run with it, making their own spin on the um, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything uh, slogan. I've done it myself. I've made a few of them. Uh, pretty remarkable. Not going to lie. So hey, no matter uh, which side of the argument you were on, you have to agree that some of the parodies are some of the more top notch things. Actually, I, I've seen more of the memes than I have of the actual campaign itself. Uh, so that's kind of nice, but it was kind of unfortunate that we, we had a martyr uh, this week, and and maybe he thought he needed to sacrifice himself now more than ever. We we unfortunately lost Burt Reynolds over the week, uh, which is a devastating blow. Smoking the Bandit is probably one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, Burt Reynolds was just an icon, man. He was a, he was a man's man. No denying that uh, Burt Reynolds was the uh, definition of machismo in a good way. Not the negative connotation of uh, machismo, but man, what a guy. So uh, farewell, Burt Reynolds. You will be missed. It was nice to get away earlier this week. My friend Adam Sieb won a couple tickets to uh, the Fox Theater in St. Louis. I'd never been to the Fox before. Absolutely gorgeous building. Um, Beautiful, beautiful theater. And I got to see... Tom Bailey of the Thompson Twins, the B-52s, and the Culture Club on Thursday night. So I made my way down to St. Louis and uh, spent a Thursday evening at the Fox, enjoying a pretty good show. The sound mix was kind of weird for the Thompson Twins guy and the B-52s. It's kind of muddy, but uh, man, the Culture Club came on and they just, they murdered it. I, you have to understand that I grew up on the Culture Club. We had a, a Greatest Hits cassette tape, and I'm pretty sure... Uh, that even though it belonged to my parents, that I was the one who was um, to blame for wearing it out, warping the tape. Listen to that that cassette a lot. So it was really cool to see Boy George and the Culture Club. Just an all-around great show. Man, that guy, is a, he, he spoke to the crowd like he's known them forever, just like he was talking to a, a room full of old friends. And that uh, that goes a long way. That's really entertaining. On top of the band just being outstanding and uh his voice just the guy can sing 
He sings so well. It's wild. So that was a lot of fun. So again, thank you, Adam, for uh, for the invite to that. That was a good way to spend a Thursday evening and, and kind of get away from everything. Something cool I did do this weekend, though. Uh, Saturday morning, I was I got to record some voiceovers for phone menus. I'd completely forgotten that I applied to do this. Uh, I was kind of searching around for voiceover work and stuff online, and I guess <laughs> I don't remember doing it, but I, I applied to do voiceovers for a company based out of California. And I got an email back. They're like, could you, uh, you know, we really liked your demo. Could you record this script so we can kind of have a better example? And uh, I did. So I spent like 30 minutes yesterday saying stuff like, please press one to speak to the next available representative. So I don't know. We'll see where that leads. That could be kind of cool. Maybe the next time you're on hold, it'll be my voice and you'll be a little more patient or a little more understanding about the wait. Maybe not, but at least you'll have somebody familiar talking to you. Speaking of work, though, it was kind of nice. Uh, Thursday and Friday, I worked from home, which is a nice luxury to have. I, I really feel like I'm more relaxed, and I actually think I get more done when I'm not in an office where I can be like in the comfort of my own home with my dog next to me and uh, snackies and whatnot and uh, TV. TV was just kind of on for background noise, but I tell you what, I we have Sling TV and we can use access TV on demand so we can access pretty much any show that they've run previously, which includes New Japan Pro Wrestling. So the past like three to five days, New Japan Pro Wrestling has become the office for me. Uh, I watch it and I kind of binge watch it, but it's it's kind of now my go to for well, there's nothing else on. So I'll turn on some New Japan. So Thursday and Friday were kind of like a wonderland. It was the best of both worlds. I got to work and I got to watch New Japan. And I got to say, you know, I had this discussion with somebody yesterday. It feels good to be a wrestling fan again. Uh, you know, for I think between the ages of probably. Oh, man, I don't know, probably 13 to 19, 20 years old. I didn't follow wrestling. Of course, I grew up when the whole WWF or WWE now. Uh, the Attitude Era was going strong, and that was a really huge deal. That was also a time when it was you know, publicly okay to admit that you're a wrestling fan and kind of celebrate that whole culture and things like that. It, it kind of fell off the map for a while for a lot of people, I think. Uh, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't deny that I enjoyed wrestling, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't keep up on it. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't watching actively every week like I used to. And then something changed towards the end of college. I think it was kind of uh, almost out of humor. I was like, oh, Monday night, let's, you know, get, get back to the dorm room. and Let's watch Monday Night Raw. And we kind of did it just, you know, jokingly. And then I kind of got hooked back into it again. So I'd say for like the last decade or pretty close to it, I've been following fairly closely, at least to the, the big leagues, which is WWE. But now last weekend we went to All In, which I think I mentioned this is one of the uh, largest independent wrestling shows in history over 11,000 people in attendance uh, it was all stemmed from a bet by a, a wrestling writer named Dave Meltzer who challenged uh, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks Matt and Nick Jackson uh, he said I don't think these guys could sell out a 10,000 seat arena and uh, sure enough Cody and Matt and Nick uh, in under 30 minutes sold out the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates Illinois uh, which is a, about a 10,000 seat arena they did it uh, and the three of them pretty much kind of did all of this on their own. The three guys came together to put this show on and it proved to be a massive success. And I think it also turned me into a wrestling snob because now I'm, you know, uh, like New Japan and Ring of Honor and those kind of things. They're like the craft beer of the wrestling world. 
you know what? I would rather be uh, a snob about something like professional wrestling where people just, you know, sure you're going to have the people like, well, you know, it's fake, right? Or it's all made up. Whatever, man. There are so many other things that I could like that would be more controversial than professional wrestling. But there's so much out there to choose from now that it's really kind of a, a wonderland. And I think professional wrestling is, is kind of maybe in a small kind of niche circle, but it feels like it's more popular again. It feels like it's kind of reaching uh, another peak in popularity. And I'm 100% on board. I also got to thank my buddies, uh, Corey Samuels and Casey Carr for kind of getting me back into the whole thing, too. That was kind of the common ground that we all discovered that we had was a, a passion or a enjoyment of wrestling. So it's cool, man. Amidst all the other bullshit that goes on in the world, it's uh, it's cool to be a fan of wrestling for me. Like, I'm no longer ashamed to admit it. And it was cool to be at All In, surrounded by a bunch of people that also just love wrestling and love the escape from reality that it provides. Not only that, but, you know, you get to shake the hand of uh, Diamond Dallas Page and sit next to Billy Gunn and Jim Ross is down the hall from you and uh, all that all that cool stuff. So that's pretty neat. Uh, but like I said, yeah, it's uh, it feels good to be a wrestling fan again. And that was uh, even more backed up when uh, we brought Central Empire Wrestling to Keokuk, Iowa, a few weeks back. Again, another independent promotion. There's uh, there's still a lot of them out there. Uh, there's, there's a lot more professional wrestling out there locally than you probably may realize. So it's definitely cool to see that. And it's definitely cool that we were able to get Central Empire to Keokuk. And we brought in Carlito. We brought in the Barbarian and uh, Trevor Murdoch. And the three of those guys, along with the Central Empire roster, just they tore the house down. And uh, people are still talking about it to this day. I know I am. But I truly, truly admire and respect all of those guys for the uh, just the, the work they put into their craft because they're, um, you know, they, they not only have to talk to sell a story, but they have to physically do it, too. They have to um, make you emotionally invest in this fight. They have to tell a story physically as well as, uh, you know, with with their words. So it's 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 kind of an art form. It I think the reason I like wrestling is because it's a combination of theatrics and uh, just physical sport. You know, people can argue that it's staged or scripted, or if you want to use the F word, you can use the F word. But, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are just as much athletes as anybody in the NFL uh, or the NBA or the MLB or anything like that. They're like acrobats with attitudes, which uh, if that's not a stable name for some group coming up, uh, I think I need to trademark that now. That That's not a bad one. Acrobats with attitudes. I don't know. I, I really do believe it's an art form, though, and uh, I have just a tremendous amount of respect for the, the Central Empire roster and all the other little independent promotions that are around here uh, because these people are they're blue collar guys. You know, most of these guys and gals work day jobs. They work nine to five. And they got to find time to go to the gym. They got to find time to train. They got to, you know, take time out of their weekends when they would otherwise be off to go travel and do something that they love. So uh, it's a time commitment, man. And um I am certain that there's a lot of sacrifice involved. There's a lot of hard work that goes into everything like that. So uh, my hat's off to uh, all the guys and gals that make all this professional wrestling stuff happen. And uh, I wanted to bring one of them here today, and that is Austin Bayless, who is the founder of Central Empire Wrestling. He's uh, He's been at this for quite a while now, and uh, I think he's he's really starting to hit a strong stride. And uh, we're excited to bring him back to Keokuk next year. As a matter of fact... 
there uh, there might be a possibility of me getting in the ring. Might be a possibility that there's a championship on the line, but we're going to talk about it next as Austin Bayless, the founder and promoter of Central Empire Wrestling, joins me for episode 75 of the Bocephus Broadcast. You're listening to the Bocephus Broadcast. Local media and local government are spreading lies. Newspapers, television stations, and radio stations are in bed with city council and other blazer-wearing leeches in your community. While they're having cocktails and listening to John Tesh albums, our city's landmarks and infrastructure are sliding into dire states of disrepair. It's time to put an end to corruption. It's time for you to get a job. It's time to realize that it's you with the comprehension problem. It's time for Trandall. Vote Trandall for mayor. Now, back to the Bocephus broadcast. My guest today is the founder of Central Empire Wrestling, which was created in 2006 in the state of Iowa. Since its inception, the promotion has put on hundreds of pro wrestling events across the Midwest. It's a pleasure to welcome to the program today, Austin Bayless. Thank you for being here, man. Thanks for having me, Bo. It's an incredible thing to be on the podcast here with you. I was just down in your neck of the woods here, as far southeast Iowa, Keokuk, about two weeks ago. We had a had an incredible time down at L Trains with Man Country, Trevor Murdoch, Carlito, and the Barbarian rocked yeah. and rolled all the way through Keokuk and L Trains. So it was an incredible night. Always fun to go to the far southeast corner of Iowa. Man, it really was a good night. And you know, I know I've told you countless times, but but. Thank you so much for just putting on uh, just such a great evening of wrestling at L Trains in Keokuk. You know, we're, we're still talking about it. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's great, but it's also kind of sad that that the uh, Midwest seems to be, at least in our neck of the woods, that kind of, that, you know, intersecting part of Iowa, Illinois, Missouri just seems kind of deprived for professional wrestling. And uh, you guys more than delivered that night. It, it was awesome. And obviously, like I said, we're still talking about it, uh, you know, almost three weeks later. Well, thank you. And um, there's so many pieces that go into that puzzle. Uh, I was incredibly blessed to know Brandon Schmidt. Brandon's from Keokuk. He refereed for Harley Race, and I actually met him through Trevor Murdoch in about 2007, 2008. So I came down to Keokuk earlier this year. Man Country had sponsored Jimmy Hart, and Jimmy Hart – had to reschedule or wasn't unable to attend. So Lanny Poffo was there and I walk in the front door of L trains and the first person I see is Brandon Schmidt. So Brandon introduces me then to Larry and one thing leads to another. It's an incredible time. Uh, but it's truly, it's truly a networking thing in professional wrestling. If you find somebody that believes in you, it's better than any advertising you can pay for. One person tells two, two tell four, and it just keeps multiplying. So, it's it's pretty cool to hear this feedback two weeks after the big show at L Trains and um, 2019 looks even better. I like it. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of a lot of rumblings going. On. I don't want to reveal anything too much now, but yeah, we're we're really excited about 2019. But you mentioned that there are a lot of there's a lot of functioning cogs that go into stuff like this. So tell me a little bit about your team and tell me kind of what goes into um, putting a show together and making it successful. So there's so many facets that you talk about. I started promoting professional wrestling in 2006. I was an 18 year old senior in high school when I promoted my first show. Uh, I had my first show at, at my high school 
And it was very unusual to have somebody do something different in our community. I'm from Kyoto. And so small town, a thousand people, everybody plays basketball, they wrestle, they play baseball, they play football. And I was kind of the oddball. I did professional wrestling. So before I promoted shows, I trained to be a professional wrestler and, um, life was really good for me. I, I, I couldn't envi- I couldn't envision it any other way, but I, I missed a lot of things. I missed proms. I missed football games. I missed homecoming and all those, all those fun things that went into that. So when I put on a wrestling show at my high school, everybody came out to support me because they wanted to see what it was all about. And it was an incredible night, very successful. And I fell in love with promoting. I fell in love with wrestling even more than I thought I could. So in 2007, I started Central Empire Wrestling, just a, a little kid, little baby, I refer to myself now back then. <laughs> but um, it's amazing. I ran wrestling shows for seven years, very strong up until 2013. I went all over the state of Iowa, did so many cool things in different cool towns with amazing people. And, um, because I had done it for so long and on a regular basis, a hundred plus shows in seven years, uh, I just got burnt out. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud to say there are so many people that helped me out, but at the end of the day, I'm the guy that's, I have my eye on everything. And, um, it was time for, I had graduated college. I had gotten a real job, you could say. And, um, my wife and I wanted to get, get, married, have a family and all of that. So I was burnt out. It was time for me to move on. I felt like I had done everything that I wanted to do and everything that I could do in Iowa professional wrestling. So I stepped away in 2013 and it really allowed me to fall back in love with professional wrestling. And so I, I totally thought in 2013, I was done. I sold all of my equipment, liquidated the assets, closed the business with a lawyer and uh, right about the time everything was final, I decided I wanted to do it again. So um, <laughs> that's the way it works, though, right? It's amazing, yeah. How much time and effort was put into closing it down, only to say, "Hey, how about <laughs> this?" So, um, and and I'll tell you a little story before we move any further. Um, I ran wrestling shows for seven years. I wrestled during that time. I wrestled before I promoted shows, and you meet a lot of cool people along the way, and. Um, I'm going to try to do this and not get too choked up when I tell you this story, but there was a fan that, that was very good to me, very loyal fan. Uh, she was, uh, I don't know when I first met her, she might've been in her sixties, seventies. I don't know, but she was an older fan. She was used to bulldog, Bob Brown, Rufus R Jones, Harley race coming through Ottumwa, Iowa. And, uh, so she was extremely happy to see central empire wrestling in Oskaloosa on a regular basis. We closed down and occasionally she would reach out to me and keep in touch. And, um, she was one of the few people that actually had my cell phone number. So, uh, I, I'm I'm asleep. I wake up in the middle of the night and I have a, a lot of missed phone calls from her family. And I don't think too much of it. I thought maybe it was a butt dial or something like that. So, in the morning, I wake up and I have a text message from her son-in-law and he says, call me. So I called him and um, she had passed away in her sleep and he was asking me if in her will, she had it set up to where she wanted um, some of the CEW wrestlers to carry her to carry her to the grave and be the pallbearers. And she wanted me to be the last person to speak at her funeral. 
And it was just crazy because at that point I was probably a year and a half, two years removed from closing down and kind of moving on from that step in my life. And, um, (laughs) I don't know what to say other than that's a moment when you realize that you're really making an impact on people's lives. And, um, it was never really my goal. I, I was 18. I was, I was a baby, so to say. And, um, my goal was to wrestle close to home, put on shows and have fun. And so to be seven or eight years removed from that mindset and to be speaking at, at somebody's funeral and you see your wrestlers out there as pallbearers, it's just, uh, it's wild. And that really inspired me to look into doing this again. So, uh, so many things that go into this, we, whether it's concessions, whether it's the ring crew, whether it's, you know, you have to be licensed in the state of Iowa to run professional wrestling shows and that's not cheap. And that's a process all the, all of its own, um, the advertising and the different aspects. So I jumped headfirst back into this and, um, I feel like the wrestlers that we have working for us now are top notch. I'm looking at a poster right now as I'm talking to you and half a dozen of these guys have been on WWE TV in the last six months. Uh, a couple, one of the girls has been on TNA. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm really proud of the people that are on these posters right now because they represent central empire wrestling really well, but they also, Mm -hmm. in the larger scheme of things, they represent professional wrestling really well. Um, I have a really hard time sitting in the crowd, watching people in the ring that I don't believe in. And, um, all of these people work out so hard. They're in the gym all the time. They're trying to perfect their craft. And that makes nights like two weeks ago at, at L trains and Keokuk all the more special because you can see their passion and they can see the, the passion from the people in the crowd. And it really makes everything so much more rewarding. Well, and that's one of the things that, that, you know, Corey and Casey and, and our, you know, main country group of friends were, were talking about is, you know, about a month prior to central empire coming to Keokuk, we had watched um, another indie promotion, you know, come to Quincy and put on a show. Um, and it wasn't that it wasn't entertaining, but it was, and we've said this, you know, we use this phrase when we talk about it, just night and day difference um, between that and Central Empire Wrestling. And I know, um, you know, it's kind of a no-no to have non-talent in the dressing room at shows, or, or maybe that's just kind of the big leagues thing. I don't know. But, you know, I went to the dressing room before the Keokuk show to kind of help out with the Barbarian and Carlito and make sure, you know, if they needed anything, I could get it for them and, and so on and so forth. But, Another thing I wanted to thank you and 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 uh, give you props on is that uh, a for allowing me to be up there in the first place, but also I want to say that the, the guys that you have um, and you speak volumes of them, but I we speak volumes of them as well because the guys in the locker room that night were some of the nicest guys uh, that I could have asked to meet. I think I got a handshake and and an introduction from each and every guy that was up there. And that, and that's something that stuck with me. You know, those guys could have easily looked at me and thought, you know, you screw this guy. He's an outsider. You know, what's he doing up here? But it felt like every single guy that was in that locker room went out of their way to come and shake my hand, introduce themselves. Um, and, uh, as a matter of fact, a couple of days ago, we went to all in, uh, in Chicago, which is the big independent professional show. Um, and we ran into your guy, Jaden Roller, and he was kind enough to stop and talk with us for a few minutes. But, you know, it's just it's it's it is like you said, kind of that networking thing is just uh, 
strange how small but how large that circle is. So it's cool to know that, you know, the guys that do this and the guys that are part of your promotion are so down to earth and they're not prima donnas and they're not, um, you know, stuck up or, or, or bigger than you. They are you know, we're all one and the same. So I, so I wanted to tell you how much I appreciate that and how cool that is. Well, I will definitely pass that on. And, um, they call people from Iowa. Sometimes they, they say Iowa nice. And, um, it's, it's a nice thing to hear that about the people that work for me, you know, from, from top to bottom, a lot of times the wrestlers get all of the credit, but there's so many people that, that are helping set up the ring at the beginning of the day that you never hear about that are there at the end of the night. Uh, There was a guy, I think Steve was his name at L trains. He was the first guy that I saw and he was there sweat. He was, he had his shirt off in about 20 minutes and he was working hard right alongside with us. I never met him before. And uh, he was a wrestling fan. He was happy to be there and happy to help out. So, uh, you know, you never know who you're going to meet and you Mm -hmm. never know what, what shaking somebody's hand is going to lead to. So, I think that I think that you've got to remember there might be there might be um, a, there might be a friend there might be a fan there might be a, a man country or an L trains or you never know who you're going to meet so it's nice when when everybody's professional and and they're excited to be there and, and work together so again it comes back to the the big team aspect of everything um, so many parts go into this and we couldn't do it without you guys so. Thanks a bunch for that, and uh, I will definitely pass that on to the roster, in the locker sure, room. Ab- absolutely. So now, speaking of you know the guys that are involved, where do you, where do you find the guys that are in the ring? Are these mostly local guys? Do you bring folks in from around the tri-states? Where I mean, where is that talent pool kind of assembled or pulled from? Good question. Um, so a lot of people have asked me in my time of promoting shows or even wrestling, how did you get involved in this? How did you meet? And um, it's one of those things that it, it becomes a really small world once you get in. And mm-hmm. uh, on the outside, it looks probably very intimidating or, you know, how do you meet this person? How do you meet that person? And when I started training in 2014, No, no, not 2014. God, in 2004, a decade before that, uh, 2004, God, that would have been embarrassing if I, okay. So 2004, I start training. I'm, I'm in high school and you meet so many people. I was training with Austin Aries. Austin Aries was on his way up. I was training with uh, Jerry Lynn. I was wrestling in matches with Jerry Lynn and I was still going to high school on Monday through Friday. So um, I was really blessed to meet a lot of these people and travel around the Midwest, travel around Iowa. And when you're doing that, you meet people from all of these different towns. So for example, sure. you know, there might be some talent that just stays in Iowa. There might be some talent in Iowa that does travel around, uh, and every state has that same kind of vibe. So you go to Minnesota, you meet some people from Minnesota. Sometimes they come down for the shows and this happens all around. So that show in Keokuk of course, Barbarian flew in. I think he was from the Atlanta area. Trevor Murdoch was from Eldon, Missouri. Carlitos from uh, Puerto Rico, but he flew in from Houston, Texas. JT Energy trained with Seth Rollins at the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. He's out of wow. Davenport right now. Jaden is out of St. Louis. Rory Fox, MTV reality TV star from True Life about two decades ago. Mm-hmm. He uh, He's kind of an Iowa boy, Cedar Rapids. So... Okay. Uh, he's close, but these guys come from everywhere. They really do. We had a, a couple of guys come from Omaha. I don't know that we had anybody from Minnesota in Keokuk, but 
Um, they're, they're truly independent contractors. They go wherever the work is, wherever they can get booked. And um, Jaden Roller actually, so he was in Keokuk on, he was on, in, he was in Keokuk on Thursday. He spent the night at my house, left early in the morning for like Green Bay, Wisconsin on Friday. Saturday he wrestled in Chicago, and then he was back in St. Louis on Sunday. So, uh, I mean, these guys travel; they they do the rounds, and they're they're working really hard. And you know, half a dozen of them have been on WWE TV in the last six months. So they're working their way up. That's awesome, and and well deserved too. So right now, you mentioned travel and and being on the road a lot. You're in the midst of a tour that you're calling the Road to Bridge City. So tell me tell me about this. Tell me how this is going out. So. In 2010, I, I planned a really big show. It was in it was the second weekend of December, and the main event was scheduled to be Scotty Tuhati versus Al Snow. And I worked for probably eight months preparing for this show. And wow. sponsors were very supportive, and and fans were very supportive. Normally, we we would run out of Oskaloosa once a month at that time. So this was gearing up to be a huge show in Oskaloosa. Ticket front row tickets had sold out six months in advance. Second row tickets six months in advance. General admission were going crazy. Sponsors were were definitely on board, and we were we were under the impression that we were going to have to turn people away from this show, and it was very exciting. And so, what could what could go wrong, right? <laughs> and um, well, I can tell you what could go wrong. Huge snowstorm hit. Mm. Oskaloosa, Iowa at about 10 a.m. And Scotty was in town. Al Snow was, I think, flying in. And it was just a huge debacle. I think we still had a couple hundred people at the show, which is good uh, for independent wrestling, but it's terrible Mm -hmm. for what the potential was. It was terrible for what the expectations were. Man, And truly, you know, this wasn't just a little snowstorm. This was a I had to rebook hotels and multiple plane tickets and, and, um, wrestlers going to be there and fans, fans had paid for their tickets and they weren't there and fans had not paid for their tickets and they weren't there. And so I, um, that was probably the beginning of me, uh, me getting ready to leave wrestling. It was just a real heartbreaking thing for me. I worked really hard at it. And so now we came back in 2016. We ran one show in 2016, four in 2017, and I think by the end of this year we'll be up to to 13 or so. Anyways, the road to Bridge City is is a really important thing for us because we're going to take our crack at another big show. Uh, the Bridgeview Center is located in Atumwa. It's 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 a smaller arena. TNA's been there. A lot of different companies have have been there for different concerts and, and different shows. So. Uh, Oskaloosa is just 30 minutes north. It's it's a neighbor, if you will, to Atumwa. So it felt like a natural for us to try it. And I had a sponsor saying, you'll never know if you don't try it. And in the back of my head, I had this huge show in 2010 that, that did not go very well uh, in my mind for a long time. But I feel like we're at a place as a company now where we can try this. I'm at a place mentally where I'm ready to try this. And you see successful successful wrestling shows like all in this last weekend and yeah. um it, it's kind of you got to be all in you know so yeah the, the road to bridge city we're gonna, going to be in sigourney october 6th we're going to be in walford october 21st uh november 3rd i believe we return to oskaloosa and this every show is important every show matters 
everything leads to Bridge City January 5th when we're at the Bridgeview Center in Ottumwa. You know, you mentioned that there's a lot of support, not only from the sponsors, but obviously the wrestling community. And it, it seems to me, especially for me, um, and it could be, you know, I'm just living under a rock or something, but there, there seems to be this resurgence in popularity for professional wrestling, not just, you know, the big leagues, the WWE caliber stuff. I mean, it, it's very, uh, there's a hardcore fan base and it seems no longer like nerdy or taboo to admit that, you know, I'm a fan of wrestling. What do you notice Doesn't about the fan good? base? Yeah, it, it does feel, it's kind of liberating. But what do you yeah. notice about the fan base as you travel around and put on these shows? I, I can't stop having fun. I really yeah. can't stop having fun. And I can't, I can't say that I've always felt that way. But since I came back in 2016, I can't stop having fun. And um, let's, let's go back to Keokuk. Think <laughs> of how many hands were in Keokuk. A Keokuk, yeah. okay, so Keokuk for central empire wrestling was a spot show, right? We had, we'd never done shows there before. We didn't know if we'd ever do shows there again. Um, I had just met Larry and, and, um, Corey and the man country crew. So, uh, I, I, who knew what it would be. So we go to Keokuk and Larry's just incredible to work with in the month. And I, and I'm serious when I say Larry and I worked together for months hand in hand on this, you know, he, in fact, just Saturday night, he was sending me a message. I think it was about 11 o'clock at night. So, um, Larry and I worked together. Larry worked together with man country. So many people came together to make that happen. And there hasn't always been that feeling in professional wrestling since I've been promoting in 2007. Um, you know, it, it has its highs, it has its lows. And, and honestly, I can tell you this, the guys, the guys right now, um, are making more money and they might've been, they might've been removed from TV now a decade and they're making more money now than they were making when they were first released from TV. So everybody's having fun. The fans are having fun. Uh, the fans are driving a long distance to see some of these central empire wrestling shows. We had quite a few people travel from the Des Moines area down to Keokuk and that's quite a commute, you know, on a Thursday night. Um, but you're right. It feels good to be a professional wrestling fan. There's a, there's excitement in the air and you, you t- one person believes in you. They tell two, two tell four. And the next thing, you know, my goal was to have four shows in 2018. So to be at about 13 by the end of this year is, is incredible and mind blowing, you know, it might not seem like a lot, and um, I, my goal is to have 50 plus in 2019. So 13 is a long ways away from 50 plus. But when your goal was four, I can attribute all of that extra success to wrestling feeling good, wrestling being cool again, people believing in you. And, um, you know, again, let's spin it right back around to the, the good people setting up the ring, tearing down the ring, the good people in the ring, wrestling Carlitos and Barbarians and Trevor Murdoch's. And, um, so just, it's, it's a ton of fun to be involved in professional wrestling right now, because I think the fans have been waiting to feel good about saying they're professional wrestling fans (laughs) for so long. And, um, it's just a real positive, it's fun to, it's fun to set back and see, you know, there's, there's a ton of wrestling podcasts. Now people like to talk about wrestling and, and I do a Facebook live a month before shows. We, every Thursday night, we do Facebook live for approximately an hour. And it's amazing to me how many people are not wrestling fans that tune into this, whether it's live or whether it's after the fact, I will hear so often people say they're listening to it on their way to work. They're listening to it on the way home. 
yeah. uh, from work or whatever the case may be. But it's just, I think people are trying really hard now to be successful. They're really trying hard to set themselves apart from others and the, the cream rises to the top. So uh, it's, it's a great time to be involved and I can't wait to see what 20, well, well what 2018 shapes up to be like, but 2019 is going to be an incredible year. Absolutely. I agree. So th- this is one of the things that I've always been interested in finding out, especially from an independent promotion without a television deal, without your, you know, your WWE production and stuff like that and your TNA stuff. It's got to be difficult to build storylines and develop characters. Obviously, you've got your hardcore following. So if you've got anything ongoing like that, they're going to be in on it. Social media obviously has kind of changed the game for the the small independent promotions. But how do you combat that? Like, how do you combat not being able to really you know, know if anybody's going to understand the storylines that are going on, the rivalries that are going on. How do you, you know, help help a new crowd understand who's your good guy, who's your bad guy, and, and how there's conflict between any of them? Regular scheduling. So important. Uh, when we were running 2007 to 2013, we were in Oskaloosa once a month. And if we weren't in Oskaloosa every month, then it was because we were in a nearby town on that month. And we really built a name and a reputation from 2007 to 2013. If I had to do that again now, it, you know, wrestling's popular, more popular now than it was during that time. So I'm sure it could be done and it might be easier. But if it wasn't for the reputation that we built from 2007 to 2013, it would be really hard right now. I, in my opinion, um, I run you know, I said my goal was to run four shows a year. I think it's really hard to do that if you go into a new town and really build characters and build storylines because three months in between shows, if you do it every quarter, that's a long time. You know, I mean, especially if somebody misses a show or misses two shows, suddenly they've missed half the year. So um, I think once a month is, is a lot to do, especially in small town, Iowa, but I think every other month, if you're really wanting to build a company is something you should try to do. Or, you know, if, if you want to lead to a big show, you need to kind of focus on like we're doing this road to bridge city. We're putting a focus on January 5th in Ottumwa starting in October, October, a couple of shows, November, maybe one pops up in December. And so we're talking about January 5th all the way back in October. So people can follow that and it kind of builds, you know, we don't have a TV deal like you say, but we, we can sure have monthly Monday night Rawls in different sure. communities. If, if that's Absolutely. how you want to compare the two. So I think it's important. I'm really doing, I'm really hustling the Facebook live, the social media aspect of it. And that's largely because it's free. Again, it, it's, it's so much easier to spread your voice if people believe in you. So if I, if I talk for an hour and one of my friends or one of the viewers or one of the fans, one of the sponsors, whoever shares that, it now goes out to their base. And if one person watches it, then they share it. So you see these total views and, and it's just crazy because if, I might only have a thousand friends, but all of a sudden the video is viewed 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 times and it just spreads that word. So now people are watching it. My, my lawyer actually saw me uh, a couple weeks ago and he said, Rory Fox and Tony Storm. Wow, those guys really care about Central Empire Wrestling. But he's not a he's not a wrestling fan. He just yeah. one on his way to work one day, he watched Facebook Live like two or three days after the fact that, that it aired. 
And um, so that keeps people engaged. We do that once a week leading up to a show and uh, it's free. So if, if, if you believe in us, you watch it, you, you talk about it, you engage the wrestlers if they're on as a host. And I think that's really the new wave, the new way to do things in 2018. Uh, it's, social media has taken over. I can't imagine if we had social media in 2007. You know, we had MySpace, but uh, that was a different <laughs> world all in itself. So Right. Absolutely. Uh, kind of going back to... Um, you know, talking about some of the talent and everything. I mean, you've got guys that run the game at an age and experience. So do you, I mean, do you personally train? I know you're trained at everything. Do you personally train some of these, these younger guys? I mean, do you have other veterans? How does, how does the training of these uh, talents work? So I'll tell you my, my fondest memory of training. I trained a college buddy of mine by the name of Tony Storm in 2010 in Wellman, Iowa. I bought a property in Wellman and we totally remodeled it and we had sometimes two rings set up and we would train multiple times during the week. It was in small town, tucked away in small town, Iowa. We, uh, you know, wrestling's different. It's not, it's not like you sign up for baseball, you sign up for football. You know, you don't advertise in the newspaper that you've got a game coming up. It's just, it's just a different atmosphere. So, um, in fact, somebody, some a newspaper, the Washington Journal, recently said, "We've never heard of you, and you've been around for a decade." And uh, they, you know, they just don't understand our crowd doesn't our crowd doesn't read the newspaper to go sign up for pro wrestling training. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, anyways, I'll get back to this. So, <laughs> I trained accident. I accidentally got into training in 2007, and it was probably the biggest blessing and the big, biggest curse. But in 2010. I found a really core group of guys and we ran with it. Tony storm trained with me for about a year. He moved back home to Tampa and worked really hard. He trained under Steve Kern. He trained under Frank Reyes. And last year he was actually honored at the cauliflower alley club as a men's wrestling award recipient. So Tony has really stood out. Tony has really done well. And he was trained by me in Wellman, Iowa initially. So wow. I feel really good about that small town, Iowa. And, um, you know, he's a long ways away from Seth Rollins, but he's working his, he's working his butt off to be there. And sure. uh, hopefully yeah. that happens. There, it feels like, it feels like every wrestling company has a school attached to it somewhere, but it's just, you really have to have the commitment to that and to teaching and I really didn't feel like I was totally committed ever to the teaching aspect and the promoting at the same time. And that's bad. You know, if, if you want to, if you want to be a good teacher, you need to be totally committed to it. If you want to be a good promoter, you need to be totally committed to it. And there have been people that have popped in and out. We had the Rory Fox wrestling Academy last year, and I thought it was a total package. Uh, Rory, two decades of experience. We had a health and what Tony was the health and wellness coach. So he would, we would do, um, live streams with Tony once a week and uh, to talk about health and wellness and different things. And it was, it was a real incredible product that was offered and everybody quit. So, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just, it kind of takes the fun out of it. You know, the goal is to, to teach the future and you got to remember that this hurts, you know, it takes a toll on your body. You're away from your family. You're and even, you could be doing much better things like not being in pain, you know, just sitting at home and, yeah. and that type of thing. So it was kind of disheartening to um, work really hard 
with Rory on this school, and I, th- I thought we had the total package, and then everybody quit. So Man, kind of a sucks. bummer, and I don't I don't know if we'll do it again or not. It yeah. um, you know the money's one thing, but the money's not that important. It's it's more about sharing your knowledge with people and and having fun with hopefully the people that replace you. So uh, it was hard to be inspired, but. Uh, We've got a good crew of guys. The Black and Brave Wrestling Academy is producing incredible talent right now out of Davenport. Seth Rollins, Merrick Brave are in charge of that. And I would highly recommend checking them out. If you're listening to this and wanting to become a professional wrestler, they've got people from all over. I met a guy that was from Mexico. I met a guy from uh, Alaska. Dion Roosman that wrestled in the in the hardcore match in Keokuk. He's yeah. from Alaska. And so they all, all these kids converge to Davenport to the black and brave wrestling Academy. And then they get booked by me. They get booked by Scott County. They get booked everywhere. So I really think that if you're looking at the Midwest to become a professional wrestler, black and brave would probably be my recommendation based on the qualifications they have and the networking available. So I know the goal is to uh, get you all back in Keokuk next year because people there were, like I said, you know, we're, we're still eating it up uh, and we're still talking about it weeks later. You know, we know in the main countries. What's that? Larry, Larry from L trains was telling me, uh, people walk into his bar and they yell pigtail power. So (laughs) that's, that's funny because, uh, you know, I don't know if that's still going on now, but it it was going on a week ago. So that's pretty cool. We appreciate that. And if you're listening to this, thanks so much for coming out and support. It really supported Keokuk. You, you, of course, supported L-Trains and Man Country and Central Empire Wrestling, but when you come out to something like this, you support small business. Central Empire Wrestling is a small business. L-Trains, Man Country, everybody's you know working really hard to make their thing happen. So uh, when you come out and you support something like this in your own community, you're truly helping small business grow, and, and um, I think that's pretty cool. Exactly. So, I mean, we we know on the man country side of things, kind of what we'd like to do for 2019. If you guys come back, well, I mean, what do you have in mind for for a year out? You know, what's 2019 looking like for you? Do you have like a dream event? 2019 is incredible. I can tell you that. I can tell you that this Wednesday, I have a meeting at 8:30 in the morning to talk about a date to talk about a show in 2019. Then I go to an 11 o'clock meeting in a different town to talk about, I think that's a 2018 show. But then at, at two o'clock I go to Ottumwa to talk about this Bridgeview show with some sponsors. So, I mean, I'm rocking and rolling already just with, with 2019. We've got shows uh, the first week of June, the third week of June, the first week of July um, I tell you what, Man Country and, and L Trains were a ton of fun to be partnered with. I'm I'm hearing rumble that they're talking six to nine guys, WWE, TNA. I mean, you know, legends in wrestling. Let's not say WWE, right. TNA. Let's say legends in wrestling. And um, because frankly, you know, you look around, you look at All In this last weekend. There are a lot of guys that are creating a name for themselves, and they don't need TV. They don't need yeah. these these it's big insane. companies. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got a lot of these guys local beer city bruisers out of Wisconsin and, uh, he's on ring of honor working really hard. He trained down in, uh, Elton, Missouri with Harley race. And so, I mean, you know, he's a possibility, but 2019, a big show. God, wouldn't it be cool if, if we have the road to bridge city coming up and then we have our 10 year anniversary show in April, wouldn't it be cool if we have the road to man country all throughout next summer and it, <laughs> and it culminates in Keokuk? The Road to Man Country Tour. That sounds like the real deal. 
I like it. I like it a lot. I made mention on uh, on Facebook a couple weeks ago. There's you know an 11 year old super fan little girl that uh, won a championship for another independent promotion. With that, you know, I now want to live out my childhood dream as I push toward uh, age 30 and, and win a championship myself. And I said that I was coming for the least prestigious title that CEW has to offer. And and you of course caught wind of this. You told me about this bacon belt, and uh, I'm gunning for it, man. Tell me about the bacon belt, and tell me. Tell me uh, what I got to do to to make sure that I walk out of the, of Kia Cuck 2019 with that bacon belt. Here you go, man. This is this is the real scoop. Blue Ribbon <laughs> Bacon Fest puts on an annual event in Des Moines, and and it's totally dedicated to what it sounds like it would be bacon, right? So they've got they've got Wonderful. the entire Iowa Event Center, uh, three or four levels of it. Bacon first floor, bacon second floor, bacon third floor, you name it, they've got it. <laughs> and it's uh, probably the most unhealthy 12 hours in your life. But, you know, once a year, you just kind of splurge and you go and you have a good time. Totally About worth three it. or four years ago, they had a wrestling themed bacon fest. I think they called it bacon mania. So they had, <laughs> they had hacksaw Jim Duggan. They had the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase there. They had the honky tonk man. Uh, so Duggan, Honky, and Million Dollar Man all there doing the wrestling thing. They had live wrestling matches. They had wrestling-themed bacon, and everybody was dressed up. They had a Macho Man impersonator. And it was just an incredible thing, you know. Um, bacon Fest at that time, I would say, it was probably at the height of its popularity. And so they come in with this huge bacon mania event and it's sponsored by the local radio station laser 1033 i think up in des moines so yeah they sponsor this contest and you have to send your best wrestling promo and axel grease a guy that a guy that uh, started managing for me back in 2007 and it since managed a ton of guys all throughout the midwest he uh, he cut a promo and he was one of the he was one of the highest vote receiving uh, submissions. So bacon mania, the big day, Axel grease and about three other guys are on stage in front of Doug in and honky and a million dollar man. And the fans, he had to cut another promo and he was all dressed up in his garb and attire. And he was really living the dream. You know, he, he had a little bit of an advantage being involved in professional wrestling. So he goes up there, he cuts this over the top promo. And Hacksaw just loses it. He loves it. And um, <laughs> and Honky Tonk Man, I, you know, Honky Tonk Man's an interesting character, but he loved it. And Million Dollar Man loved it. And Axel Grease won the Bacon Mania Championship. So he parades around now like like he's a, like he's a true champion. And and it was a promo contest. So there you go, Bo. <laughs> you need to you need to produce the best wrestling promo. Uh, in 2019, man, we could we man. could take this on the road. We could have um, our own little uh, King of the Ring tournament for for the Bacon Mania title. They could they could face off against Bo and Axel Grease in the three way triple Good threat God. coming to Keokuk. Bacon I'm Mania. I'm clearing my calendar for 2019. If I got to go on tour and I got to you know Every take day. bumps and all that stuff, man, I'm I'll do it. I got it. I'm I'm in. I'm in it to win it. Axel Grease is a character, great, great guy, great asset to professional wrestling, a guy that I'm very proud to say started with me in 2007 because he believed in me and he believed yeah. in what Central Empire Wrestling was. And, and just like everything, you have your moments, you have your ups, you have your downs. And, sure, and sure. Axel was in, was in Keokuk uh, a couple of weeks ago with us. He had a great time and he's never defended that championship belt. So I can tell you, 
I haven't seen him face to face to talk to him about this, but I can tell you that that when he read that, he had to kind of smirk in his in his house when he was reading oh, that or on his man, phone, well, wherever he was. So I'll tell uh, you he, right now, he loves the attention. He may have bacon, but I got beef, and I'm coming for that sizzle strap in 2019. You better believe there it. I'm going to go. find a gym. I'm going to find a wrestling ring somewhere in the immediate area, and I'm going to train at least once a month in preparation to fight for that title. There you go. Once a month, bacon <laughs> and beef. We could have the beef belt. Who knows? Oh, so, my God. All right. We got to stop before this gets too far. Lighting in man country. There you go. That sounds like the real deal. We could have some like special it. guest judges even. I'm in. I'm in. I, you just count me in. You say when and where, and I'll be there. I can't tell you how much fun I had when you guys were there last time. Uh, I, I was worried, first of all, not not because of the tables, but but the gravel. Uh, we had a guy go through a table, and I said, "Man, he went through a table, but he landed on that gravel. Somebody needs to check on him." Yeah, yeah. The, hey, these guys are tough, and and tough guys get hurt too. But these guys are warriors. They're doing this. You know, Jaden Roller. I told you earlier, three nights in a row. Boom. There's guys that do this three, four, five, nine, and there's guys that do it, you know, once a month or whatever. But um, wrestling, it's it's uh, unless you really take the time to investigate what it's all about. If you're a casual fan, you may never understand what it's like for these performers. You know, it's tough, it's rigorous. Uh, they're they're away from their friends, they're away from their family. That's half the battle. The other battle is they do this show and they're living through all this adrenaline, and and it's great because you got these people chanting your name. But then the drive home when you're feeling terrible, that's rough. You know, it's just silence. So um, these guys are, are working really hard to to do their thing and perfect their craft. And everybody's goal, I would think, would be to be, you know, uh, doing this for a living. So uh, 50 shows, 50 plus shows for Central Empire Wrestling. That's our goal in 2019. And um, super excited that, at, you know, one, two, who knows how many of those could be in Keokuk. So uh, they were, it was a great host, great fans. I think, I think we grew our Facebook likes like a hundred people after that show. Wow. So that's something that's I always awesome. look at. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And again, it goes back to, you know, you just need one, two, three people to start believing you and in, in you and the word spreads. And um, if, if you had to pay for that kind of advertisement, it would be terrible. And yeah. uh, you, you just couldn't do it or you get the wrong people. So it's nice when you go to a, a community like Keokuk where there's so many people involved that are truly passionate about professional wrestling. It's not just a town where somebody wants you to come in and make them a bunch of money. Of course, Keokuk wants that too, but they want to come in, make some money, and then have a ton of fun with professional wrestling and grow professional wrestling. And when you have people with that mindset, you, you start looking ahead a year in advance to how you're going to make it bigger and better next year. Well, uh, I, I'm certainly thankful for it. I, I appreciate it. Appreciate you. And I appreciate the guys that uh, that you're bringing and, uh, you know, traveling with and putting on the show and everything. Uh, but Austin Bayless, man, thank you for being here. If folks want to stay in the loop with Central Empire Wrestling, where do they find you? Central Empire Wrestling on Facebook. CentralEmpireWrestling.com is about ready to be updated. We might be about three weeks away from a brand new launch of a website. Very right. excited about that. So haven't, there you go. You got an exclusive right here. The website's Ooh. going to be updated. So if you're looking at the website right now and you're seeing stuff from February, don't worry. You'll soon be impressed again. So um, that's, uh, that's coming down the pike. YouTube, Central Empire Wrestling, Bayless Productions, and, um, you know, we're on Twitter at CW live, but, uh, I really enjoy the Facebook thing. I'm, I'm pretty good at keeping in touch there. So if you, if you ever want to reach out or you ever want to bring professional wrestling to your town, 2019, 
we're ready to go. We've got uh, we've got some inquiries already to come back down to Southeast Iowa, Fort Madison, different places. So um, definitely excited about spreading the Central Empire Wrestling brand. And uh, 2019, the road to man country. Goosebumps, immediate goosebumps. Austin <laughs> Bayless, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. You're listening to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. folks we're going to put the wraps on episode 75 again thank you to my guest austin bayless you can find central empire wrestling all over the place online facebook twitter instagram and of course their website as well uh we'll see what happens you know there there could be a possibility that this time next year old bocephus has a bacon strap around his waist and that would be a childhood dream uh and i'm not gonna lie also an adult dream come true so we'll see what happens if i can uh, defeat axel grease for the bacon heavyweight championship uh, I think 30 will be a pretty good age. Give us a like on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash broadcast. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the handle at BoBCraft. Don't forget, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, anything of that nature, shoot an email over to broadcast at gmail.com. We're here to take your phone calls 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, or I guess I should say... That we have a uh, voicemail operator standing by, powered by Google Voice, to take your message. Uh, give us a message. 872-222-8610 is the number to call. Again, that number is 872-222-8610. Merchandise available anytime you want it. Visit Amazon.com and search Bocephus Broadcast. You can find the official Bocephus Broadcast t-shirt for just $19.99. Eligible for Prime Shipping and Handling if you are a Prime member. Get that sucker in a multitude of colors, sizes, styles, fits for uh, men, women, children, and more. Like I said, you can't beat that uh, free two-day uh, shipping perk either if you're a Prime member. Get on it. And uh, if you get a shirt, send a picture of yourself wearing it. Love to see that. Love to post that online, too. That's really cool. Hey, we're also pleased to announce that uh, the Bocephus broadcast is the Infirmary Media featured show of September. Uh, Infirmary Media is the new network of which we are a part a lot of great shows, uh, including our friends over at Poop Culture. So be sure to check out Infirmary Media. And a uh, big thank you to those of you who uh, chose to give me a shot as the featured show of September. That's pretty cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is a beautiful Sunday. It has rained here for the past like five or six days. Today, the sunshine is out. The high is in the 70s. There's a nice gentle breeze. Uh, I'm going to open the windows and I'm going to enjoy the rest of my afternoon. Enjoy your week. We'll catch you back here next week for episode 76 of the Bocephus Broadcast. Catch you then. You've been listening to the Bocephus Broadcast. Infirmary Media.